be warned, this book is full of crazy ideas, and that's because I've been going mad. I've been going mad because I've been reading in order that I might know what I wanted to write about. My wife, who's a therapist, says I mustn't use the expression going mad anymore. It's politically incorrect. So let me start again by saying I've been reading and it's making me troubled. There is a marvellous book called Women Who Read Are Dangerous, and it quotes many an expert from the past who actually thought this. In 1791, the German theologian Karl Gottfried Bauer wrote, The lack of all physical movement while reading combined with the forcible alternation of imagination and emotion would lead to slackness, mucus congestion, flatulence, and constipation of the inner organs, which, as is well known, particularly in the female sex, actually affects the sexual parts. Honestly, I could hardly sit still after I read that. My sexual parts were so astir. Bauer himself had several children, including two simply listed as unmarried daughters, as if no greater disappointment could be imagined. Thank goodness those two hadn't been allowed to read. Why, they might not only have been spinsters, but wanting to vote as well. Hard to believe, but it was an actual argument against women's suffrage that the female of the species simply wasn't built for it. If we exerted our tiny little minds too much, reading or taking part in civic society, then we were risking the very thing we had been brought into the world for, our reproductive health. So, if you're a woman listening to this, hang on to your womb. It's going to be a bumpy ride. In the 19th and early 20th centuries, the general consensus was that the human body contained a finite amount of energy. If women used too much brain power, then their ovaries would atrophy, and no one wanted that. Reading could make women infertile, and worse than that, ruin men's lives. British women did not get the same voting rights as men until 1928. I have an original anti-suffrage postcard sent five years before, in 1923, which shows a man overwhelmed with cooking, cleaning, and childcare, while in the back room, a disgraceful woman is reading. Whoever the sender is, their only greeting is the words, A LAST WARNING, in large letters on the back. According to William Sedgwick, one of the founders of the MIT Harvard School of Public Health, thinking of any kind was especially dangerous for pregnant women. He declared, We must not forget pregnancy and lactation, both of which are a great strain on a mother's vitality. Any further strain, like the responsibilities of the suffrage, is bound to be harmful to both mother and child. What about the postmenopausal woman like myself? Surely reading might calm my addled brain, but not so. In 1913, Sir Elmroth Wright, a British immunologist, who we could have done with in times of pandemic had he not died back in 1947, used his no doubt excellent brain to write that vital contribution to British society, a strong letter to the Times newspaper. In this letter, he declared that the menopause gave rise to serious and long-continued mental disorders developing in connection with the approaching extinction of a woman's reproductive faculty. He went on to write a whole book entitled The Unexpurgated Case Against Woman Suffrage, in which he blathered on a bit more. It seems he was terribly clever about the human body and antibiotics, but never really understood the uterus. Fundamentally, the view was that no man should allow a woman in his life to go to the office, the ballot box, or that terrible well of reading, a university. 
women's heads were imagined to be filled with little more than puppies, hats and chocolates, and that was how it ought to be. The trouble with this image is that it overlooks a few critical points on the subject of women and writing. The first writer in the world of any kind that we know about was a woman. The earliest known poet whose name was recorded was Enheduanna, who lived in the Sumerian city-state of Ur in the 23rd century BC. She was a high priestess, and her collection of work, known as the Sumerian Temple Hymns, makes her the first named author of any kind in human civilization. An elaborate carved disc found in 1927 during excavations of the Sumerian city of Ur show Enheduanna as a figure of huge importance. Enheduanna's very existence tells us that there were women writing, and therefore reading, more than 4,000 years ago in ancient Mesopotamia. 